The second one was very interesting and that I didn't expect was being pleasant. One of the challenges is that as a PM, when everything's running well, you're kind of invisible. Being able to cover all scopes and understanding that I'm not the expert, but I have enough, I, ha I have what it takes to learn to be able to cover those roles. And I think when I think of great PMs, uh, one of them would be, I've got a few examples, but uh, I think the founders of Airbnb. So the question is, um, you know, I kind of curious, what is the quiz part of being a PM? And when is the darkest moment of being a PM? Hello, and welcome to The Breakdown, the podcast for product, entrepreneurship, and everything in between. For our very first episode, we're breaking down the experience of some remarkable mentors from our mentorship program. We'll explore their motivations for choosing a career in product management, uncover valuable lessons they've learned along the way, and of course, their advice on navigating in the ever-changing world of PM. We're thrilled to have you along for the ride, so without further ado, let's dive into the first episode of The Breakdown. Well, the first question is, who is the best PM you have ever met in your career path? And why do you think they're so excellent instead of just being a good PM? And also, because we have four Microsoft PM on this call. So just kind of like curious, is there a specific type of a PM um, Microsoft consider it as uh, excellence? And also want to ask you, Han, um, what does a great PM looks like in a very early stage funding company? Um, sort of like a real CEO or CPO. Who want to be the first one for Microsoft? So one of the things I learned at Microsoft is building good mentorship and uh, peers. Uh, so what Microsoft, I don't know how many other companies offer this, but uh, some of the good people at Microsoft are the ones who provide a lot of mentorship and counseling. So my manager could come under that uh, zone. So as a good PM, if you are able to understand people, right, even just your reportees or your peers or your directs, then it becomes very easy for you to understand customers and their problems as well. So having that, uh, being open to feedback, being open to understanding, as well as having that culture to speak up in terms of diversity, inclusion, or transparency becomes really important. So everyone feels appreciated. So I think that's one thing that, at least from my internship and my full-time experience, I've learned at Microsoft. And this is one key skill I also look for in terms of in a manager or a company or a team I'm going to join. Uh, I, I want to add on something that I also saw from my internship experience. I think Microsoft is a company that really, like, if they thought you're qualified to the potential of the product manager, they will find everything to help you to fit the position. Even if you're not really interested in your current team, you are able to transit to another team and also talk to others to see the possibility of doing that. I think that that is really great things to see because as you can see, there's a um as a big company, there's a 
tons of product lines. So like you can kind of experience different kind of uh, product either in 2B or 2C kind of product. So I think that's also a great point to see that how you can like talk to a lot of people in different area and so they are really um, welcome to see if you can fit this roles. Good card. Liam, do you have anything to add on for Microsoft's best PM you have ever met? Well, I just uh, I just had this like one-on-one -on -one meeting with one. Um, I was a senior PM in our team, um, and he brought up these two characteristics that Microsoft PMs have. I think the first one is being technical. Uh, like Microsoft, um, the biggest product is Azure. Like your co your customers that you're serving are uh, like engineers, um, ITs. So you got to be technical in order to communicate with them. And, uh, and then second one was very interesting and that I didn't expect was being pleasant, which means being nice to others, um, being a good mentorship when you, have, when you can, um, and uh, being uh, like contribute your time to helping others. So which, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty described the characteristic of uh, being a Microsoft PM. Johan, do you want to talk about the great PM of a startup or just like in some emerging industry? Because like, you know, you are an AI PM and all the AI generative things are super hype and popular recently. So we talked about how as a PM, yours, you can be like the CEO of the product. I think in the very, very early stages, uh, it's the founders and the CEO that have to run that role of building from scratch what the vision is, uh, understanding the problem that they're trying to solve, the unique value that they're bringing. Um, but they have to have, just like PMs do, a huge amount of empathy for the customers to really come close to them and understand their problem in a deep way so that they can keep providing solutions that will really bring more and more value over time. And that's a constant process of experimentation, uh, discovery and closeness with the customer. And I think when I think of great PMs um, uh, in the very early stage, so CEOs come to mind and uh, one of them would be, I've got a few examples, but uh, I think the founders of Airbnb uh, are known for having spent a lot of the early days of Airbnb uh, fielding all the support calls. I think they first experienced that pain of looking for a cheap room, not being able to during crowded periods in a big city, uh, but also they experienced the, the other side of their market, which is having room to, lend, to rent. Um, so they spent a lot of time with the customers, understanding people who were renting, people who were um, putting their places up, uh, the problems on both sides. And then one thing they did to get even closer to, to the real problems and make their network product uh, more compelling was that they took the photos themselves for most of the early listings of Airbnb uh, to make sure that the products were really attractive, to make sure that they had that, that contact with every single one uh, of the people renting on Airbnb. Um, there's a really good book called uh, The Cold Start Problem about network products like this, like a two-way market that requires some, uh, some people to enter the network first and offer products 
so that other people can benefit from them. And they talk about the hard part of the network. So for Airbnb, at first it was uh, reaching that critical mass of enough list listings uh, so that a lot of people could get value out of Airbnb. And to get that ball rolling, they really put a lot on the line to create this original network of uh, trust and safety uh, between people that would be putting up uh, their own houses for rent. Um, and I think they were so close to the customer that they were able to identify their early innovate innovators and early adopters um, and create a product that was able to scale beautifully uh, and now changes the way that we rent homes. Yeah, I really agree with that, actually. This reminds me when I started to write my first PRD at Tesla, my manager asked me to think about, given no limitation, what kind of product do you think is 200% perfect? And bring the founder of Airbnb exactly took the same philosophy when he was trying to build up Airbnb. Um, and also referring to a founding member of Airbnb said, the new Airbnb will for sure succeed um, like in the future because they got fully confidence for their product because the experience, the customer experience and the products was so great. So I actually have a follow-up question to all of you just thinking about your experiences at like, you know, high growth company versus like big companies. I know a couple of you have experiences in multiple companies. I'm wondering, do you think it takes a different skill set to be a good PM depending on what company you are? And I guess any examples of how that's come to be uh, in your experience? Like I know Chanel, you jumped from a couple different companies already. So have you noticed any differences? Oh yeah, definitely. So I started at Microsoft and then um, before Microsoft, I actually worked uh, with a startup as well. That was an accelerator program. And then last year recently, I was at a blockchain company. Um, I think when you're at a startup where there's there's not a PM team, right? You might be the only person on product. You might even have to be product plus design. You might even have to be product plus design, plus marketing, plus sales, plus support. Um, I think being able to cover all scopes and understanding that I'm not the expert, but I have enough, I, I have what it takes to learn to be able to cover those roles and just being confident enough to just at least try, I guess. Um, meanwhile, I think at Microsoft, I had a great experience there too. I think it's a great place um, to learn from people that are a lot more experienced than you. Um, maybe it's just a preference of whether you want to learn, you know, in like a steady curriculum type thing where there are lots of examples and mentors to learn from, or do you want to just be thrown in, you know, the dumpster fire yourself and experience all the issues yourself. Um, I think one other thing is maybe at a startup, you're more sensitive or you're more exposed to external factors. Like for example, at the blockchain company I was at, it's no secret that crypto had a disastrous year last year. Um, all of a sudden we were dealing with not just our own company's financial problems, but our customers' financial problems, um, our customers were getting hacked, our customers lost funds, our customers, you know, lost funding for investments, things like that. So just being exposed um, to a lot more versus um, when you're at a large company, you know, maybe one wing of the company suffers a little bit, but 
the other pieces of the company are able to carry the load and move on. So yeah, things like that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I guess another follow-up I had for all of you is like, what a good PM is kind of depends on who's like who you're working with, right? An engineer has a different idea what a PM is versus what a PM has like has a different idea of what a good PM is. So I know some of you come from engineering backgrounds. Um, so I'm wondering for all of you guys, how has your perception of what a good PM has like shifted and how has that informed you of like how to be a better PM as a PM? Yes, Arjun. Um, I think, oh, sorry. Okay. Arjun, did you want to go first? I can I'll go first. I'll, I'll, I'll chime in later. Okay, yeah. I was going to say a really good PM, I think, is able to read the room and understand who they're talking to. Um, and ideally, you'd be able to change how you speak depending on who's in the room. Is it an exec who's looking for a high-level summary, or is it an engineer that wants to gather requirements and they uh, want to talk about very technical aspects of the scope, you know, so just being able to read the room and switch depending on who's there. Um, I was also thinking from a prioritization side, you know, like when you're, uh, when you're an individual contributor, you always want those flashy features or something which really attract eyeballs. But when you actually start sitting in the PM seat, it starts becoming a lot more like, okay, I have a massive tech debt and I have to handle that. Or I have just business liabilities that I have to take care of. So uh, I think that becomes a massive view shift when you start realizing that you just have this much um, technical capability available in time and you have a lot to achieve. So just figuring out what exactly should be done. I think that's a learning curve, which was quite steep for me. So that's, I think, one perspective shift that I felt in my time. I, I saw your hand. You are raising your hand. Yes. Um... I want to say that uh, for me, a good PM um, is able to work with many different stakeholders and understand their incentives and understand how best to align them. That generally ends up looking like a roadmap, but it also looks like uh, communication channels between the right people uh, that are seated, mediated uh, in the right ways. And I find leading by agenda, just bringing structure to the communication, uh, especially with technical talents like engineers, um, that sometimes find communication to be a bit of a chore uh, to remove as many roadblocks and make communication so simple, easy, and effective um, that everybody feels aligned uh, and frequently gets a refresh on, okay, where exactly are we aiming? What's the highest priority at this time? And then being able to recalibrate easily and in an agile way uh, as the adventure keeps going. Yeah, I totally agree. I think like some of my se the senior PM I have thought is like they don't have to re really rely on the product spec or the documentation. They can easily use their words, the, their communication to create a common version. How does a product looks like in the future in the stakeholder spring like including engineering designer business and even executive so that's something I'm still like working on but yeah definitely communication skills um is hard um yeah Jessica yeah I definitely agree all the mentioned about effective communication and prioritization and I think a good PM um, is also customer obsessed 
So they really dive into the use case and the customer profiles to see uh, who we are building the products for and who we are selling to. So um, they are obsessed with customers. They're like speaking directly with them or with account managers, system engineers, or just gather requirements from surveys or um, seeing data analytics to analyze the customer themselves to see who we are selling the uh, products for. Great point. Um, uh, Prinasi, do you want to answer this question? So I, I still remember the first time I called you, I was like impressed by your communication skills. So I'm like wondering what's your thoughts on it. Yeah, so um, I feel like everybody already answered what I wanted to say. Uh, so I don't have anything new to add. Um, but I guess um, when I first thought about being a PM to what I am right now, like um, months later, one of the things that uh, stood out to me, I was talking to my VP about it, um, is a lot of the people on my team were so busy doing things that seemed incredibly relevant. And I had the biggest imposter syndrome since I've joined because I felt like, oh, I knew nothing. Um, and everybody, even people that joined about a year ago, seemed so suave with everything that they were working on that I felt like, when will I ever get there? Will I be there in a year? Um, and I loved what he said that I thought was really irrelevant for being a PM is um, being busy is really important when you're a PM, but um, deriving outcomes is not something that everybody's capable of doing. So you need to figure out what that difference is and whether or not you're driving your uh, effort in the right direction. So it's, it's easy to do busy work. Um, and I thought that was uh, really insightful. And that's something that I didn't know while I was studying to be a PM, but um, now it's something that definitely changed in my mind. True, true. Always prior prioritize is our job. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, uh, Kishash, do you have any yeah, opinion? I think what Pranati said uh, is correct because uh, so there are different kinds of PMs and the roles and responsibility change when you go from different companies, right? Like every company demands a different uh, set of skills that you have to bring on board. And it also depends on your peers. So, I mean, for me, at least in my team, I think that really played an important role because when you join as a new PM to an organization where there are a lot of senior PMs and they're already doing, they are pro in their job, right? They are owning a feature, they are responsible for something big. So you need to understand where they are coming from and understand that how do you fit in that big big picture. I think understanding your peers is really important and how you can work, not just with the engineers, of course, with UX designers, with other stakeholders, but also with other product managers in your team and beyond. I think that really helps just learning from them on a day-to-day -day basis, understanding how they perceive a problem how they come up with solving it or just performing their day-to-day -day task as a product manager, it really helps you learn a lot in your journey. I think that has been really helpful, uh, at least in my team. Thank you, good point. Um, Jonathan, do you want to share? Uh, yeah, in which aspect in particular? Like, can you guys direct me to where you want me to talk or else I'll just keep talking? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> is there a particular part of it that you guys are curious about just so i could direct my my output does anyone have anything um i guess it's just just like carol talk about a general what do you think is a great is an excellent pm or something like gotcha. that i guess I'll, I'll do a little overview i mean i wouldn't say the person that i'm going to mention was a pm but they had a lot of good pm skills 
Um, so when I did my three rotations of co-op at Nissan, I'd say I had a very good like senior manager. And in some ways they were like a product manager in a way. It wasn't necessarily a product, but like they kind of had like that silent leadership where um, like they didn't expect you to do anything that they couldn't do themselves per se. So if we were, we were doing like a field test, we were, if you guys know Nissan, like the pro pilot stuff, we were doing like a full field test with that um, during COVID. So like, obviously in the beginning of COVID, like things were kind of like crazy and wild. So like him coming on the field test with all the engineers while we were driving cross country, cross country during COVID, like that's something that like, you can't really put words to, but like, it made us like feel more okay going on the trip. Like he had, he was not supposed to go on the trip. He was kind of just like in the beginning, you guys are going on this field test. I helped coordinate it, whatever, but him coming on that trip and like traveling with us through the uncertainty, like, I think that's a good quality. Um, that like no matter what position just someone who's above you um, or even with you like you, it's kind of like you want to go fight with them it's almost like being a coach in a sport so I think um, that's definitely like a if you see that in someone like that's someone you want to work for um, that's probably my best example of like good leadership in um, even though they weren't a PM in like that position yeah I like it moving forward to the next question I considering um, becoming a PM is definitely a great milestone but um it's just the start of the adventure right sometimes i even doubt myself uh whether it is worth taking so much effort to break into product but sometimes i feel oh i'm the superhero who can save the whole company or the world so my question is um you know i can i curious what is the quiz part of be being a PM and when is the darkest moment of being a PM? Any crazy stories to share? Yeah. I, I could do something on that. Cause like I just finished MSPM and prior to MSPM, I had no product experience. And now I'm working at a five person startup and like basically doing their product stuff. Um, and like, there are so many times when I have like, I feel like there is no idea what I'm doing. Um, but at the same time, like sometimes like things are good. Sometimes things are bad. But I guess just kind of like getting the opportunity to like try and fail is nice. Like, I feel like when I do go to Capital One, if I end up going, I mean, things could still change. Like the, the kind of goalposts are going to be narrower, narrower, like my successes will be smaller and my failures will be smaller. But like being at the startup right now, like if I do something good, it's like really good. And if I do something bad, it's like, oh, we lost some days. Um, it's like could be crucial in a startup. So I think the scope is cool, um, but also like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like, I think the feeling like you're not knowing what you're doing probably happens to everyone. And like, it's a little bit of that imposter syndrome that I think everyone kind of deals with too. Um, but the more like you get kind of like do it and the more you get through it, things get easier. Like writing your first like product document, like the first time you write it, it's probably going to be really foreign. And then the next time it gets a little easier and eventually it's kind of like learning a new language. So I think with time, things like do get better. I mean, my time has, has been very short, but it is getting better. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw a lot of people raising hands. Um, let's do it one by one. So, Arjun, do you want to share first? Yeah. Uh, so, this was very uh, unexpected, but what I realized was the features usually get shipped out, and that's the easier part. Uh, keeping everybody happy from business till engineering, that's the part which gets really difficult after a while. Because, you know, you, you can't make everybody happy. 
and um, there are going to be some tough conversations you're going to have with people and that's probably the tougher part in all of this so i think it's very underrated the human part of being a pm where um, you're able to command attention where you're able to convince people to do what needs to be done and a lot of times it's based on hunches and it's not completely based on numbers that you can show up to somebody and say that you know this is why we're doing it so you want to have some tough conversations and that's uh, that's quite underrated i feel so that's the hard part for me definitely yeah i feel you totally i feel you great uh like what's the next one uh your hand you want to share um so for me the job of pm uh it's got some really good sides and uh some some real challenges but um i don't think any of us here likes to solve very easy solved problems so uh, we take them on uh, knowingly uh, i found that um, one of the challenges is that as a pm when everything's running well you're kind of invisible like you have all that tribal knowledge you're building the whole thing you have ownership and you see your vision becoming reality but basically the ceo will not congratulate you for <laughs> keeping the product rolling and keeping features coming out. And then occasionally there'll be an issue. There'll be a miscommunication between two teams on a big cross-functional piece. <laughs> and then the lights shining right on you. And it's like, how did this miscommunication happen? And your whole role is actually keeping it from being chaos by constantly talking to everyone. <laughs> so at times it can be a bit thankless and it can be um, a bit... Um, difficult when you have so much ownership of a product and you see it slowing or you see it going through a different phase or you have to pivot. Uh, I think as product managers, we end up identifying with the product. And uh, I've also heard um, many kind of tragedies of great products being shelved uh, or being put away and, and that being tough on product managers. That being said, when things are going well, when you're shipping, when you're delivering value to your customers, I think seeing customers using your software or using your product and getting a ton of value out of it, changing a process, um, gaining so much efficiency. I'm kind of a productivity addict. And um, I had a customer tell me, uh, your product made us 100x faster on this process. You're not a time saver, you're a lifesaver. We were able to get basically all of their interns to stop doing this really repetitive process uh, and do something else. Um, those times of customer value uh, of also the team, the engineering team, the sales team, the marketing team, uh, feeling less pressure because they feel aligned, they feel in flow with what they need to do and how to bring value to the customer. I think those times are priceless. I think the ambiguity and the thanklessness of the job sometimes uh, is definitely worth the ownership and the ability to, to look in the client's eyes <laughs> when they're successfully implementing your solution and it brings a lot of value to them. So these are my favorite and least favorite parts. Yeah, me too. Um, Pishash? Oh, yeah, I think Johan covered a lot, but uh, for me, I believe that 
product management is an extremely challenging role but as he said that it's fulfilling and rewarding at the same time but one of the hardest challenges of being a product manager is just aligning different people together because a lot of people in your team or beyond are coming with different objectives and they have like different reporting lines right so alignment is the key and if you can crack that i think lot in your product falls into place so just i'm trying to crack that at the moment so that was the first uh, thing that uh, i could relate to but yeah if you crack that alignment it'll be very easy for you to do everything uh, smoothly and function uh, better in your product life cycle sounds great so yeah because of the time uh, so we probably cannot have everyone to answer this question but we will have a routine for our upcoming podcast. So we will ask the same two questions at the end. So the first question is what books and podcasts you are recently uh, listening or reading? Um, just do it one by one. And the second question is what advices you will give the school students or newbie to the product management uh, if they're really, really passionate to become a PM? Yeah, I'm going to have this question start from Liam. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay, perfect. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to recommend a podcast that I've been listening to. Um, I guess you guys all know about like Lenny's. So yeah, I'm, um, the, the reasons that um, I've listened to besides Lenny's are the, the one called a strap. Stratchery. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Uh, it's basically um a lot like some it's uh it's done by this guy called uh, Ben Thompson, and he also got his own website. It's basically talking about a lot of like uh, product strategies, uh, ongoing uh, news in happening in the tech industry. Yeah, he's a he 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 owns the hottest uh blog in the tech. Right. Yeah. Thanks for being there. Yeah, and the second question is any last minute like advices for the newbie who want to break into product? Well, um, I just I just think just um, listening to more podcasts, uh, like reading more books is really, really helpful, uh, especially when you have no ideas, especially I feel like product manager is really um, about experiences. There's uh, it's not something like coding. You can you can do it on your own. But uh, I feel like reading books is really the fastest way when you don't have, when you can't can't get hands on experiences to be a PM. Thank you. Um, do you want to call out the next people? I'm muted again. I'll call. I will pass to and. Yeah, um, so the recent book I'm reading is a book called Hardest Thing About Hardest. And um, this is a book that is by, wrote by the founder of A16Z. Um, and he wrote about like her startup stories and um, what, what was the ups and downs, like how did he went bankruptcy and then he started a company again and he got acquired and like how did they, he get to the road of A16Z. And um, it's called the, the hardest thing about the heart. 
So, and inspired by the Stripe founder where he actually shared about this book and he said like this book actually inspired him to found Stripe because he wanted to do the hardest thing about the heart. And um, yeah, and um, for the next question, like the last minute advice I want to give to people who want to break into product management, I would say the first initial thing you need to do before you break into product management is to really think about if you are a product manager and the key personal personality you need to think about is that as a product manager you need to take initiative and you need to take responsibility so let's not talk about like you need to align people and you need to uh, convince people but I think first of all you need to be a responsible person about every decision you make because you do not want to bring your team down and as and other than that is that you need to think about initiative, that uh, are you a person that who always want to initiate idea and bring people to work on your idea and to uh, energize people about your idea. So think about if you are this two kind of, if you have this two kind of personality, and if you do, you are in the perfect position, you need to do product management. And then you should start with doing some um, leadership stuff, either within your school, uh, start a project with your classmates and convince people to work on your project in your school. It's the, this is the first step I think you should think about before you break into product management. Yeah. Um, Throw back to Tilly if you want me to popcorn anyone or oh oh you can feel free to popcorn to anyone in the group. Oh, okay, Johan, I think yeah, go ahead, Johan. Yes, thank you very much. Uh sorry, I'm on European time zone, so I'm gonna have to drop off pretty soon. Uh so I just wanted to share quickly some books and podcasts I found uh really helpful. Um so for people trying to get into PM, there's a book I'm sure a lot of us know called Cracking the PM Interview, uh, which was really excellent, goes over the structure of interviews, um, your resume, how different companies interview, what the focuses are, how to write a, a motivation letter, everything. Um, then I read this really good book um, that was given to me by my product mentor called Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products, which was really interesting, um, mostly for B2C. Uh, then Zero to One by Peter Thiel, founder of PayPal, is really excellent for venture building and kind of the difficult problems in entrepreneurship when you're building something new. Fascinating. Uh, then Trailblazer by Mark Benioff, who founded Salesforce uh, for building larger companies, uh, solving hard problems, continuing to do so, building platforms. Uh, and then a podcast I really enjoy is 20VC, uh, I think it was originally 20 minutes about VC and it's since expanded. There are like eight, 900 episodes and now it's interviewing all the time, incredible founders, CPOs, uh, CTOs from uh, some of the top companies. Uh, one that comes to mind right now is HubSpot. Uh, he had the CTO of HubSpot on. He also often has uh, some of the top VCs which have really interesting insights um, because they have an eagle's eye view of the market. So I recommend 20VC. Um, and yeah, finally, I would say uh, for high schoolers, um, if you're interested in entrepreneurship, if you're interested in building applications, building software, I would say it's important to be technical, um, but you don't need to be the world champion of lead code 
to be able to build cool products. I think you should practice um, being able to get really close to clients, doing customer discovery, um, and then just try things. <laughs> I think uh, at the end of the day, having a portfolio of real experiences where you talk to clients and you try to bring value to them uh, will be really useful, uh, especially in the earlier stage. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Then best of luck. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Um, Prinasi, do you want to do the next one? Uh, let's do this really quick. Sorry, I wanted. I had one more book to add. Uh, if you guys still have time, uh, so this is not relevant completely to the PM space, but I still think it's really relevant in, in a certain degree because it helps you uh, hone the skills that you need. Uh, it's called Tools of Titan by um, Tim Ferriss. If you guys have read the Four Hour Work Week or um, his podcast, he has some really good insights on uh, sustainable cons consistency, and I think that's. Um, something that we need as PMs for the ambiguous lifestyle that we have. Um, definitely check it out. And that wraps up for the first episode of The Breakdown. A huge shout out to Tilly Tsula and Etu for hosting this podcast, our mentors for their incredible support, and you for tuning in. You can find the list of resources we talk about in the description below. And if you're eager to continue breaking down barriers and engage with like-minded individuals, we invite you to join our Slack channel where you will get updates on upcoming podcast episodes, events, and have the opportunity to connect with others who share your passion for product management. Once again, thank you for joining us for today, and we will see you in the next episode.